going on. I am super stoked for this episode. We are going to be discussing today Avril Lavigne's big comeback, her seventh studio album, Love Sucks. Man, this is such a huge deal. Avril Lavigne, man. Haven't heard that name in a long time. Right? And I also just want to acknowledge how crazy this whole thing is that she's having this big resurgence right now and has this album out in 2022 because this year also marks the 20th you heard that right the 20th anniversary of her debut album let go that came out in 2002 wow 20 years already 20 years since we were first introduced to avril lavigne completely insane and It does say a lot. I just want to say this right now before we get into Love Sucks. It does say a lot that we are still talking about her 20 years later. It really does. really shows you how long she's, you know, stayed around, how long she's persevered in the music scene. And I can only imagine that with this comeback album that, you know, it uh, reawakens the love that her fans already had for her all these years. Exactly, Eric. I couldn't have said it better myself. The longevity of her career, the versatility of her catalog, and here we have her seventh studio album, Love Sucks, that came out February 25th. She signed to DTA Records, aka Don't Trust Anyone, aka Travis Barker's label. So there's a lot to be said here for Love Sucks. I want to jump right into this, Eric. You know I have a lot to say about this. Yeah, and let me just say that, you know, I feel like her comeback is coming out during, like, one of the, in my opinion at least, one of the best uh, periods in pop-punk music. Like, you know, and especially with Travis Barker just being one of those key figures in the genre that's really pushing it and really promoting it and really making sure that it, stay strong you know i feel like the timing of this album is everything really not just because of the of the 20th anniversary of her debut album but just the state of where pop punk is right now i agree because i would say the past two years has been an incredible resurgence of pop punk and of course travis barker of blink 182 being the leader so to speak guiding this resurgence, collaborating with up-and-coming artists, collaborating with OGs of the genre, and really bringing back pop-punk music to the forefront. 
to the mainstream once again. It's starting to feel like the early 2000s and uh, you know how I feel about the genre, so I'm super stoked on it. Yeah, and you read my mind. I mean, speaking of that early 2000s nostalgic feel, this album certainly has a lot of that, but it uh, manages to also have, you know, one foot in the present day while keeping the other in the in the past. I think it's, first of all, that's something that's really difficult to achieve because uh, obviously everybody longs for the past, but you also have to look towards the future. And to be able to uh, be able to do both uh, in equal measure is something that's, it's a very difficult art to master. And I really feel like that's one of the things that this album does very well. It certainly makes you remember why you fell in love with Avril Lavigne in the first place, while at the same time uh, introducing her to new generations. I love that. Eric, that was the best quote that's going to be in the clip. <laughs> promoting this that was amazing incredible oh, commentary <laughs> seriously i'm so serious i could not have said it better myself we have love sucks with 12 songs clocking in at 33 minutes long and what a ride it is listening to this album from front to back we have three features on here from machine gun kelly to black bear to the one and only mark hoppus of blink 182 you have travis barker that's drumming throughout this project and to top it off you have john feldman who is on the production side of things along with mod sun and mod sun is also very much a pop punk figure that has been part of this resurgence who has been in the industry for years and also happens to be dating Avril Lavigne. So there you go. I mean, just with all these details alone, having Travis Barker, having Mark Hoppus, MGK, who's been part of this resurgence and having Feldman and Modson behind the scenes on the production end, you know that this project was already set up to be an extremely fun and explosive project in Avril Lavigne's catalog. Yeah, it really is amazing how so many different people just came together to collaborate with her on this project. It really just shows you how much of a labor of, of love this album is. And one thing that's really apparent when you listen to it is how reinvigorated Avril Lavigne is. That's not to say that, you know, that she's lost her edge over the years or anything. Not at all, but there was a time when, you know, her pop punk sound took a backseat to more acoustic albums, if I'm not mistaken. And so for her to make this comeback into the pop punk scene, you can tell that she was just waiting to let that energy out. And this album really does waste no time in just making itself known from the very first song. It just... It's a shot of energy right into right into your arm. I mean, yes. that's the best way. That's the best way I can describe the intro. I mean, oh it's so God. true. Just to give people a breakdown of her discography, just a run through real quick. Her debut, as I said earlier, "Let Go," was released in two thousand and two, so twenty years old officially this year. Insane. Then you have "Under My Skin," that was released in two thousand and four. "The Best Damn Thing," released in two thousand and seven. Goodbye Lullaby in 2011, her self-titled record Avril Lavigne in 2013, 
head above water in 2019 and now we have love sucks in 2022 and something about her career is that let go under my skin and the best damn thing are considered the holy grail if you will of uh avril lavigne's discography and catalog and then past that with goodbye lullaby she gets a little bit more experimental still leaning into everything that we know avril lavigne to be in terms of sound and sonically and then as you stated with her self-titled and even more so in head above water in 2019 she leans more into a softer side acoustically and experiments with that aspect of her sound so here we are with love sucks a return to form since 2007 with the best damn thing that was her big pop punk standout in her catalog because you could even say her earlier work with let go and under my skin was still more of the alternative rock aspect of her sound and pop punk sounding the best damn thing she's leaning back into that pop punk sound that everybody fell in love with back in 2007 so it's really cool to see that this album is being received so well globally and on the billboard charts yeah i mean and with good reason and you know back to what you were saying about travis barker i when i first started listening to this album like i had no idea he was even on it but at this point i think everybody is so like in tune with this playing that from the first song that you know starts playing on the album i i didn't know it was him but i heavily suspected that it was and then when i went to go check out the album credits i was like of course of course it's him <laughs> you know that that playing at this point is so unmistakably his especially when you listen to a pop punk album and sonically dude god. oh my god sonically this album rips from front to back, opening with Cannonball and closing out with Break of a Heartache, mm -hmm. this album rips. And he does a phenomenal job on drums and everybody that was involved on the production end of it. I mean, they hit the nail on the head as far as pop punk is concerned. Speaking of Sonic, you know, shout out to John Feldman. I mean, you know, he's been on our radar. At least he's been on my radar since uh, Blink-182's Blink California. And you can tell that this is, production-wise, this is definitely a John Feldman album. It's got that very crisp, clear production. You can't forget and the woes. That <laughs> that's too. That that's too. a Feldman staple. Yeah, but the cool thing is that on this album, it's not overdone. So that's, that's one thing that I definitely love about it. It's, not a, it's, it's very welcome to hear it, but it's, it doesn't overstay it's welcome you know what i mean i agree they pick and choose the opportune mm -hmm. times to to use it where it makes sense and it doesn't feel like it's just filler mm -hmm. and i love that feldman is very much he's not just you know uh making sure things sound great he's very much an active musician as he is on any album that he works on he plays guitar he co-writes the songs and I think that's really awesome that, you know, he takes such an active part in, uh, in, no pun intended, producing the album, you know, because that's, that's, uh, that's the nature of the job, you know. Uh, some people, of course, they just supervise everything, make sure everything is in working order. But 
you know, then you have people like John Feldman who go that extra mile and they decide to, you know, actively take part in the songwriting and playing the instruments. And when I was looking through the album credits, I saw that he plays a lot of guitar on this album, which I think is really awesome. I totally agree with that. And also, I want to give a shout out to Mod Sun because he came out with one of my favorite records back in 2021 called Internet Killed the Rockstar. And he's also very much been a part of this pop punk resurgence. I mean, anybody that's listening that wants to jump into his catalog, check out the songs Karma, Bones, and he even had Avril on his record and they did kind of a pop punk duet, if you will, with Flames. And that was really gnarly. That was a nice taste of Avril leaning back to her pop punk era from 2007. And now we get the full blown thing here on Love Sucks. Oh, Eric, so much to say here. I know. And speaking of nostalgia, let's let's just jump in the the album itself you know musically it's it's everything that uh that you remember and that you love about avril lavigne while still giving it a very fresh and modern spin in terms of what you remember and love about her i mean there there are riffs upon riffs on this album hell yeah you know, there are certainly certainly her trademark sound the vocals are absolutely at the forefront i mean you've got moments where her vocals just soar above everything. Then you've got other moments where she, you know, reins it in a little bit and she's able to sing in a lower register, but her vocals are always at the forefront, you know. The And the songs also are like very much your standard classic pop punk riffs. There's also other moments that, uh, at least in my opinion, definitely sound like Blink-182. Obviously that <laughs> you can attribute that you can attribute that to Travis Parker, you can attribute that to Mark, you can attribute that to John Feldman, and of course you can just attribute that to Avril herself because she very much writes these just classic timeless riffs. And she also has stated that Blink growing up Blink was a huge influence for her. And it shows, it shows in a lot of uh, in a lot of her riffs here. I mean and even just, you know, on the song Avalanche, I mean, at least to me, this is just my point of view, the first few notes of the intro to Avalanche uh, remind me a little bit of Happy Days. Oh, I don't know. yeah. You know what? I can hear that. I can totally hear that now that you mention it. Yeah. And then, of course, there's other songs where, you know, they remind me of that very, they'll either remind me of the very early days of Blink-182 or they'll just remind me of California because, right. you know. But honestly, this album through and through is just so fantastic. It starts out very well, and it really knows how to segue from song to song. Yeah, there's never a dull moment on this record. I love the fact that the the track listing and how one track goes into another, to me, fits perfectly. And it's Mm -hmm. just so explosive from beginning to end. They give you moments in the album where you can take a breather but then it's right back Mm -hmm. on track to those hard-hitting riffs those beating drums from travis i mean everything that you're looking for in terms of pop punk and that sensibility you cannot argue that this is one of the better pop punk albums that have been released in a while and i will make that argument myself because as far as the resurgence goes I welcome everything across the board. I just like that the genre itself is being pushed more in the forefront and we're getting that early 2000s vibe 
along with mixed with obviously the nuances of living in 2022, you know, but Mm -hmm. as far as these TikTok now turning into or or transitioning into musicians on that end or just these up and comers or even some of the OGs that want to lean back more so into the genre. I would say that this record really gives a lot of these musicians a run for their money in terms of just how hard it hits and how explosive it is. It's full of energy where it needs to be. And then, yeah, it'll, yeah it absolutely. dies down, you know, to give you that break to process it all. And uh, it also shows versatility in her vocal range. I mean, on tracks like Avalanche or Dare to Love Me, she really shows you that, yeah, of course, she can do the fast-paced pop-punk tracks, but she also has this vocal range that is completely insane. Listen to the song Bite Me for the best example of her vocal range. I mean, from the get-go, she hits those really high notes. And, you know, that's one thing that really just blew me away from this album. Like, if you listen to this album and you listen to her debut, you're just like, wow, her voice has not changed at all like it's still just as powerful it's still the same it's really amazing how you know all these years later her voice has remained untouched by time and that's truly a blessing because that's one thing that most singers can only dream of still being able to do 20 years later and the fact that she is one of those that still can and she still sounds fantastic maybe even better than she did back then that is a that is an achievement i mean Avril's the full package. She is a seasoned veteran, the longevity of her career, the relevance of it, and just the impact that she's made in general Mm -hmm. in in the mainstream and also just within the genre of alternative rock and pop punk and so on and so forth, both for women in music and just for, you know, women in within the genre rocking hard. I mean, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, her first three albums are legendary albums it just shows that even 20 years later as we celebrate the debut album and uh the start of her career and what launched her we can equally appreciate this most recent addition to her discography because she's still churning out no matter what no matter what she experiments with or what she tends to lean in more so over the years she still has the same voice, like you said, if not even stronger now. And, uh, you know, obviously with more experience, but her talent is just unbelievable and unwavering throughout her entire discography. Now, you can argue, okay, I like some albums more than others based off, you know, sonically the sound and the vibe of the album, but you can never say that she's released a truly terrible album and that says a lot for somebody that's been in the music industry for 20 plus years at this point that's extremely hard and uh she's just so unbelievably talented and it's just insane to think about how strong she broke through initially and how she continues to make that impact even 20 years later and i'm very happy that you mentioned what avril lavigne means for female empowerment and not just in pop punk music but in music in general because you know obviously you and i uh speaking about you and you and i personally you and i both remember what a 
pop punk music was like way back in the mid to early 2000s you know early oh, to yeah. mid 2000s yep and obviously back then there was not a lot of female representation it was very male punk. dominated exactly and so obviously when somebody like Haley williams with paramore burst on the scene that meant so much to not just girls everywhere but just for the genre i mean they were just somebody they were just a band that you know completely broke the rules and changed the rules about what a pop punk band can be and i think it's really important that this album come came came out now because obviously fast forward to now the world is a different place uh females in pop punk music are a, a much stronger presence now. You could even say that they're taken for granted now, like their presence, whereas back then it was, you know, it was really non-existent. Seen. Yeah. Yeah. And so for Avril Lavigne, not just to make a comeback, but to release an album this flawless, I mean, this is a message to, you know, girls everywhere that, you know, says you can do this and you can do it just as well as anybody. And we just need more of that. We need more of not only women in rock music, but just women in general. And mm -hmm. I love the fact that Avril is still showing us that she's not only back. I shouldn't really say back because, you know, a lot of people are saying that about, oh, Avril's back. But she really never left. And this is a reminder of that. Yeah, I think it's better to just, you know, and I... <laughs> I'm guilty of that too, because that's what I've been saying for the past however long we've been recording. But I think the best thing to say is instead of instead of saying she's making a comeback, it's just a return to form in terms of the pop punk uh, genre. And speaking about something else that I really love about this album is just the brutal honesty of the lyrics. I mean, she's not afraid to uh, put her feelings out there. She's not afraid to be unapologetic about it whereas you know maybe uh, maybe some other people have reservations about you know including this many songs about heartbreak in one album she doesn't care about that she you know just says you know these are my feelings this is what i've been through take it or leave it and she commits that to tape and then reinforces it with a lot of kick-ass hard rocking riffs you know and i think that's really commendable because I kind of feel like that's not really seen that much anymore. Or maybe I'm wrong, but I personally don't really see that much anymore. I think, unfortunately, we still struggle with, with that, where uh, you know we still struggle with putting our feelings out there and you know making that known because there's always you know other people who are like, you know, why is that necessary? Why do we need to know about that? But honestly, it takes courage to really put yourself up, put yourself out there like that and, you know, let your feelings out like that. Because obviously, you know, that with that comes people who just want to tear everything apart and dissect everything and then just on top of that, judge you for it all. And the fact that she's able to do that, but at the same time, you know, back it up with such beautiful amazing music i really respect that and i really hope that that's something that uh that we can i guess maybe no, maybe normalize isn't the right word for it but maybe it's something that we can do more of 
in the future where we we say to ourselves it's okay to feel these emotions and put them on record and not care what anybody else thinks because if you look at all the songs yes they may all have to do with the with the theme of heartbreak and the theme of love but each one of them has something has something to do with a different area of that yeah it's it's definitely the highs and lows of being Mm -hmm. in love with somebody Mm -hmm. exactly but i also love that even though she yes a lot of the songs are about love and heartbreak and everything in between she manages to give them a hard edge by you know just in in some cases she's very very subtle about it very sweet about it but in other cases she's very much aggressive and i i love that she hasn't lost that you know what i mean i love that she she hasn't lost that edge her edge and, yeah and that's, and that's part of that's part of what i'm saying that it really does remind you of why you fell in love with her in the first place because uh, when you listened to her all those years ago, that's exactly, I think, that was the appeal. You know, just that uh, bratty side, that aggressive side. And I'm glad that she hasn't lost that and that she is still continuing to do that while at the same time, uh, you know, being vulnerable enough to, you know, let her feelings out in that way. I will say, as far as the lyrics are concerned, it did take me some time to come around on this album because she's an amazing lyricist first and Mm -hmm. foremost i just want to throw that out there just in general but on this album i did have points where i was conflicted on really like this is the best that we can come up with here so that's the only thing that i'll say about this record that it it's a great record sonically and Mm -hmm. throughout is extremely consistent But as far as the lyricism is concerned and just the point that she's at in her life, I do think that this is one of the weaker efforts in terms of lyricism. And to play devil's advocate, I totally understand that this record is supposed to be fun and explosive and not taken extremely seriously. I mean, the genre of pop punk, even though you have musicians that do shed light on very serious topics... There is majority of the time where it's supposed to be lighthearted fun and not taken as some, you know, Shakespearean uh, introspective piece of Mm -hmm, work. mm -hmm. So I do appreciate that she tries to balance that out here. But unfortunately, sometimes the lyrics do contribute to the pitfalls of Mm -hmm, the record mm -hmm. that could have been so much more. You know, it's it's not quite the full package for me because the lyrics do lack and i feel like a lot of the lyrics are pretty immature for Mm -hmm. the place that she's at in her life right 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 it's it's hard for me to to get down with some of these lyrics where i'm just like oh boy like it it feels very high school to me yeah definitely uh like i said I, i do like that she's very vulnerable and she can show that side but you're right there are some points in the album where where you're just like Am I listening to Love Sucks or am I still listening to, you know, her debut album? You know, there are some moments where you do ask yourself, you know, what what was the thought process behind it? I actually could counter that by saying if you were to listen back to her debut album, I think there's a lot more maturity there, ironically, mm, yeah, than there true. is here on Love Sucks. I'm not saying that love sucks is a complete and utter high school sounding 
vibe in terms of the lyrics but there are points throughout it where just even being at the age that I'm at listening to a record like this where I'm like oh I mean this this sounds pretty immature Mm -hmm. I know her potential because of her discography and because of songs that she's released throughout that hold so much weight Mm -hmm. she's an excellent lyricist so in that aspect yeah it's disappointing to hear some things mm-hmm. that it sound like it didn't take much effort right but you know the way i see it uh you know this is her first time doing this in a while i'm not saying that she's gotten rusty i'm just saying you know for a return to form this was definitely fantastic sure maybe the lyrics didn't hit every single time but you know uh the same thing happened to blink in california you know where we both agreed yeah. that there were some lyric <laughs> there were there were some lyrics where they didn't really stick the landing and then look what they did in 9 they completely refined their craft in regards to you know not just the uh sonics of the songwriting but also the lyricism and so i agree who knows, maybe I maybe agree. that will happen with maybe maybe a follow up to this album i believe that if she continues on this path because as I said earlier, this record is getting such a tremendous reception from not only fans, but critics alike. And I think that if she were to continue going for this sound, that the only nitpick that I would have is for the next record, the lyrics and focusing on, you know, the quality and content behind the the sound. Because the sound to me is flawless. I mean, this record mm-hmm. rips. Mm-hmm. But lyrically, there are points where it's hard for me to sing along or get behind certain things sounding so immature, you know? Maybe that would have mm-hmm. been the the vibe or the wave back in high school, you know, as a teenager. But in the mindset of an adult, it really just doesn't gel with me in the same way. Right, right. Yeah, and, and I can totally understand that. Listen, I will say that this record, as you know, was on my most anticipated list for 2022. Yeah, yeah. And I will say it took some time to grow on me because the first couple listens, I was putting too much emphasis on the lyrics and mm-hmm. not in the proper mindset. What I would suggest for people listening to this record is to not take it tremendously seriously if you have fun with it and you go into the mindset of that this record is going to be like an explosive blast of energy and just a good time throughout then you'll have a lot more fun with it and you'll be a lot more open to it and the more that I listen to it the more that I am getting into it and uh, the more that I enjoy it I have to say so This one's a grower, at least for me personally, and I am extremely excited to see where she goes from here in terms of sound and the follow-up record to this. Me too, honestly. Like, what a, like, what a, what a way to make a splash, right? Like, yeah, just from the get-go. And this is like, oh man, like this is honestly, it was such a very well-produced album. The guest spots did not at all go to waste. Everything on here makes sense. It really does. It does. It does. It does. I mean, it's it's genuinely a fantastic record. And it's just like Lisa said, you know, uh, if you just go into it with, uh, with the idea of just having fun and just having a good time and just getting a shot of adrenaline, then this album is absolutely for you. 
Well said, a shot of adrenaline. I love that. Okay, Eric, so before we get into our top five favorites, I need to know what was your least favorite off of this record and why? So my least favorite was Dare to Love Me. Ah, okay, okay. And I think the reason why it was my least favorite is because, like I just said, the entire album is a shot of adrenaline. So because all of the other songs prior to this one are such high octane, so energetic. And this one's a ballad. Song, yeah, by the time we get to this one, I'm like, wait, what's going on? You, you know, like it, uh, it, it definitely does like give you a pause in terms of the energy. But at the same time, I'm just like, did this one really have to like be the second to last song? Like, I don't know. I, I, I felt like we had such a great momentum going and then it gets to this song and I'm like, okay, that, that kind of, it's a little anticlimactic for me. But, uh, you know, other, other than that, I, I think it's a good song. Lyrically, I'm also not too thrilled about it because I think this is one of those uh, examples you were talking about. Not necessarily in terms of like, the immaturity or anything but ultimately lyrically it's not something that uh really stood out for me it's just one of those songs that uh you know over time i'm sure i'll grow to like it but uh the first couple listens it just uh, didn't really do much for me in terms of uh, keeping my attention i can understand why especially because this is the token ballad off of this record and for that reason it slows things down and it that was kind of what i was referring to in terms of a breather but I mm -hmm. understand because for those who are riding the wave of high octane, so to speak, this really brings that abrupt halt. Yeah, in that, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't have minded if this song, like, had this song been anything like, for example, Bite Me or something, like if it had been slow but still heavy, then hell yeah, I would have absolutely loved it as much as the others. But because this one kind of sticks out like a sore thumb, because it's a ballad, I'm just like, eh, I, I can it. I can take it or leave it. But, I get uh, but it. That's I get just where you're coming opinion. from. Yeah. So, how about you? What what made uh, your least favorite off this album? Well, speaking about immaturity, my least favorite has to be "Boys Lie" featuring Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> okay, I I can totally see why. Because lyrically, they lost me here with this song. I just I cannot vibe with this song in terms of the lyricism i think it's extremely immature it's extremely high school it contributes nothing to the album other than just a whiny throwaway pop punk song that seems extremely lazy that anybody really could have filled in for mgk and quite frankly i don't think that mgk and avril lavigne mesh well together their voices on a track i just think that because of mgk's popularity now with this pop punk resurgence with tickets to my downfall and then his upcoming record and of course his relation to travis barker and them being such close friends that he was subbed in here as a layup and for me it just doesn't work even though on paper it sounds like it would but it just doesn't pan out for me that way i can absolutely see that all right, so moving on in a more positive direction, what have you listed as honorable mentions? Songs that definitely stood out to you but didn't quite make your top five favorites list. All right, so in no particular order, my honorable mentions go to Cannonball, Bite Me, and Love It When You Hate Me featuring Black, Black Bear. 
Awesome, Eric. I'm gonna just chime in here. We have two out of three that are the same. So I wrote for honorable mentions. Love it when you hate me, Cannonball, and Dare to Love Me. So do you want to talk nice, about the two, nice. and then we'll talk about our individual third one? Yeah. So Cannonball, like I said, it's just a shot to the arm. The minute you hear it, I mean, talk about. You want to talk about like comebacks? I mean, I think this has comeback written all over it. What an intro. This song is know, basically telling listeners to brace yourself for what is about to come for the rest of mm-hmm. this record. Yeah, I mean, every everybody is just firing on all cylinders here. Avril, Travis, of course. My God, what a just what an opening statement, really. That's that's the best way I can describe it. Explosive, high energy, such an adrenaline rush. I mean, cannonball is one hell of an intro and uh, Mm -hmm. i'm glad that they put this as the intro yeah i feel like had there been any other song as the intro and then i would have heard cannonball i would have had questions because (laughs) i would have been like how did you how did you miss cannonball is a perfect opportunity to open the album you know and what about love it when you hate me with black bear i just love their chemistry together i really love the the way that their different styles mesh together uh, him in particular i know he is a rapper but i also love that his vocals uh work well in the context of pop punk i definitely feel like he can make the switch between the two yeah i agree he did it with all time low on their record and now he's doing it here with avril and i just love the crossover and I love how they complement each other and also contrast each other's sound. And I just love the whole dynamic here. Here's a song that gets a pass from me lyrically because that's the aim of it. It's supposed to be mm-hmm. this back and forth between a, a supposed couple. And it's supposed to sound like they're going back and forth in the trials and tribulations of being in a relationship, being in love and uh, mm-hmm. the highs and lows, which is a direct quote from right, the lyrics. Right. So right. with this track, this gets a pass lyrically because that's the aim. That's the, the concept of the song, you know, whereas on other places on here, it's, it's immature, but without reason. Right. And let me just interject here, uh, not to look too into the lyrics, but uh, specifically when Black Bear says, you know, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but when he mentions all these red flags, but that he was blind to them because of the person he was with, I mean, that's exactly how it is, you know? Who can not relate to to that? (laughs) When it comes to people in general, you know, even when you suspect something's wrong, you really don't want to see it because... uh, You're so blinded by your connection and your love for that person that you refuse to see that. To echo a concept that was used in After Laughter, you have those road rose-colored glasses on and (laughs) you know you 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 don't want to you don't want to see the uh you don't want to see the truth or you don't want to entertain the possibility that it could be happening because you always want to you always want to look at the person that you're in love with as this in the best light yeah this borderline flawless person that can do no wrong so i really do like that he included that lyric in there in my opinion it's one of those uh it's one of those lyrics that really just uh, cements the the status of the song so to speak. Okay, and then what about your third pick here? Bite Me. So Bite Me, my main reason for having picked this one is Avril's vocals. I mean, granted, her vocals across the entire album are fantastic, but this to me is just a staple because it's 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 just like 
Cannonball was as an intro to the album. Like the minute you hear her vocals on Bite Me, it's it really just shows you like her her prowess in terms of singing, like just those high notes that she hits, my God, like it's fantastic. Honestly, Eric, I would have to say the same thing about Dare to Love Me. The reason why I chose this as an honorable mention is less of the fact that it's a ballad and more of the fact of her vocal range and just how Mm -hmm. versatile that she can be. Mm -hmm. That I will definitely say too, yeah. For for that song, yes, I am absolutely in agreement with you. Vocally, she absolutely knocks it out of the park. But, uh, you know, and this is kind of where, you know, this this whole recurring theme of uh, music being subjective comes into play. I personally found... Aside from her vocal, I didn't really find anything very much appealing about that song. But, you know, in your opinion, uh, the complete opposite is true. So now that we got our least favorite and honorable mentions out of the way, here we go. Our top five favorites of Love Sucks, starting from five, working our way to number one. Eric, hit me with your number five. So my number five goes to F.U. Nice. Yeah, you know, it's uh, again like a. You'll notice that the recurring theme throughout my top five is really just uh, the fact that, you know, every song just has like that high octane energy and FU definitely has it. You know, I love the just the I love the riffs that she uses throughout this song. Just your classic pop punk riffs. And this is one of those songs where, you know, she is definitely aggressive in her lyrics but at the same time there is a little bit of uh i guess childishness but at, at the same time it's not it's not a lot where you're turned off by it at least not not to me but uh yeah this is definitely just one of those songs that you know whenever i'm in the mood to like really listen to something that's high energy i can just put this on and it'll definitely uh it'll definitely take care of that itch so uh what about you what made your number five Coming in at number five, I chose Break of a Heartache. Nice. Very nice. It's the album closer. I love the fact that, yes, this album opened with Cannonball, Extreme High Energy, but with Break of a Heartache, it ends just as strong. I love that. You know mm-hmm, how I feel mm-hmm. about the beginning and the ending track yeah, of too. a record. I love the fact that she remained consistent throughout and that this was just as much of a banger as the intro was when you uh, press play. So I chose Break of a Heartache because of the spunkiness to it, the brattiness to it. I love that it's so high energy. I love the riffs. I love how it sounds sonically. And to me, this song is one of the stronger ones in terms of the pop punk sound. Yeah, I just love everything about this track, even though it's extremely short, but it's just, it's right to the point. It's a burst of energy and it leaves you wanting more. So Break of a Heartache. My number five. Very nice. Very awesome choice. Thanks, Eric. What about you? What is your number four pick for your top five? So my number four goes to the song that references the album title, Love Sucks. Nice. Great. Great choice. Of I, course. I think I I think I love it because more than anything, it, it, it sounds like just one of, it has all the trademarks of a classic punk song. You know, it's got the na-na-nas, it's got the you know, very classic punk riffs, not even just pop punk riffs, just punk riffs in general. There's in particular one riff that she plays when she's uh, like after she sings the verses that I really like. And uh, 
it just really recalls those very, very, very early punk riffs, like when punk was like in its infancy. Yeah, so I really, yeah, I agree. So I, so I really love that. I really love it because of that, honestly. Just by listening to this song, you get an idea both sonically and lyrically the concept of this record. She does a great job mm-hmm. of that, and I completely understand why it's in your top five. All right, so how about you? What takes your number four spot? My number four has to be Avalanche. Nice, that's a good one. And I picked Avalanche because going back to the concept of letting your guard down, vulnerability, I love the lyrics behind this song. However, you're going to laugh at this. It did take me a couple of listens to get over the pronunciation of avalanche i don't know if that's a canadian thing if that's how canadians pronounce (laughs) the word avalanche because it sounds like she's saying avalanche yeah yeah if you picked up on that but i picked up on it i picked up on it but i didn't uh (laughs) it didn't it didn't really uh uh how would i say this i i didn't really get stuck on it as much as you did i guess but after getting used to that and just appreciating the song for the message behind it and uh, mm-hmm. of course sonically as well what a banger this song is and this is another one that really just shows a different side of avril and once again adds diversity to this record and that's why it made my number four nice and let me just say her vocals are another amazing aspect of that song yes of course of course it really shows range yeah yeah that is definitely that is definitely the word to use for her vocals, at least in that song. It's so powerful. Yeah. And one thing that I want to say in that song and in a bunch of others, I think that's a great example of the modern feel that this album has. Like you definitely hear it with the experimentation of of the way the vocals are processed and yeah. the electronic drums and stuff. So that's what I mean when this album has one foot in nostalgia and one foot in you know modernity because they're able to really mix the two with those soundscapes so i I really love that they that i really love that for all the pop punk energy this album has they're able to really give it these these touches of uh of you know that uh that modern energy all right eric so we're heading into top three territory this is no joke we're not playing around anymore our top three favorites. Here we go. So what is your number three? What is your third pick for your top five favorites? All right. So because we're not playing anymore, you'll know that I'm not joking. When I pick <laughs> this as my number three, you might laugh, you might not. My number three goes to Boys Lie. Wow. I'm surprised. I, I have to tell you, I'm very surprised, but I would love to hear why. Honestly, like, I was surprised too, honestly, when I was uh, when I was listening to it because, um, I guess I kind of had my doubts when I saw Machine Gun Kelly's name, uh, in the song, because I was like, eh, you know, not not to not to rag on him, but I was just like, uh, because I'm I, I still see him as that hip hop artist that I discovered way back when. That's fair. Uh, fair you enough. You know, I I. I knew that he made the transition to pop punk, but I had never heard anything. So when I was going into this song, I still looked at him as, you know, that hip hop artist. So I was like, you know, how, how awesome is this going to be, you know? But uh, needless to say, I was blown away by the interplay between them. I know that you don't necessarily see it that way, but I personally, 
I personally thought that they made a good team. I'm not saying that, you know, uh, there weren't better fits for the song. That's not what I'm saying at all. But for what it is, I found it enjoyable. The lyrics, I didn't really take them too seriously because, you know, like you said, it's it's kind of a whimsical song. It doesn't really, you know, add anything to the album. But I guess if you can look past that, if you can look past the the childish lyrics, uh, it's an enjoyable song. Honestly, like I, I do respect him for the transition he made. I know it's, it couldn't have been easy. Yeah, me too. Especially because of how judgmental this world is when it comes to, you know, artists and their, their decision making in terms of, uh, in, in terms of changing up their style. So I definitely do respect him for just, you know, putting himself out there and uh, making that transition. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I really, I really do find the song enjoyable. I like it a lot. I listen to it a lot. And so I'd be lying if, uh, you know, if I didn't say that this wasn't going to be in my top five, you know? Fair enough, Eric. Fair enough. All right. So I know that that was a little shocking, but uh, we made it. So what takes your number three spot? Okay. Coming in at number three, I chose the song Kiss Me Like the World is Ending. Nice. That's a good one. That's a very good one. I picked this song because this is one of the one true love songs throughout a record that is mostly revolved around why love sucks and breaking up and the trials and tribulations of being in a relationship and being in love. And this is just a nice breath of fresh air of the better side, if you will, of uh, being in love with somebody and, and what that's like and the emotions that go along with that. And I'm a sucker mm-hmm. for... A good love story and i just think she encapsulates that so well and uh, i love it sonically i love it lyrically and that's why i knew that it was going to make my top five i didn't know where but i think coming at three is the nice sweet spot here and i would definitely advise people to check this one out nice that's a very good pick and when i was listening to this song you know who i could definitely see writing a song like this who the main yeah, yeah. It, I could see that too. I could see that too. Shout out to those guys. I love that band. Yeah, yeah. I can definitely see them writing a song in this similar style just because it has that very, uh, I don't really know what the correct phrase is to use it, but it has that very majestic feel that uh, the main are known for in their own songwriting. And this song was just a sweet love song in the midst of all the chaos of yeah, being in a relationship yeah. and things going south. It was just nice to shine a light on you know, yeah, the better definitely. half of that and what being in love mm-hmm. feels like and just a good love story. I'm a sucker for a good love story. What can I say? Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those things that prevents you from being jaded. So I love that. All right, Eric, top two. What made your number two? So my number two had to be All I Wanted featuring Mark Hoppus. Well, I'm going to chime in as well because for number two, I also chose All I Wanted featuring Mark Hoppus. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, this had to be. This had to be in our top three, let alone our top five. I mean, this was very close to making my number one. It was between this and my number one. It was very close. And I will say that as far as features are concerned, you have MGK, you have Black Bear and you have Mark Hoppus. To me personally, this was the most chemistry on the record between a feature and Avril herself. And I love the Mm -hmm. way that their Mm -hmm. voices gelled together. And I really would not mind shout out to anybody that could be listening to take this piece of advice 
of getting Avril on the next Blink record because, wow, they have such chemistry and I love the way that their voices mesh together. Yeah, that would be really awesome to, you know, hear the other side of that equation, you know? Totally. But yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, Mark Hoppus is perfect in this song. It's, it's This song was absolutely made for the two of them and only the two of them to collaborate on. I love... And I, and I just love that the song also plays out like a Blink-182 song from that intro that you hear to just the rest of the way through. I really love that uh, the both of them were able to capture that uh, that energy in that song. So who knows? Maybe maybe the universe will smile down on, smile down on you and uh, we will get that. I hope so because they complement each other so well. This was the highlight feature for me for sure. And not just because of it being Mark and my love for Blink-182, of course, but just how well they sound together. For sure, this is a standout track. If people go into this record and don't really listen to anything else, check out this song. And I, that really might gear you towards listening to the rest of this album because this is one hell of a song. This is a true gem in this track list. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the best way to phrase it. And I just want to say one more thing before we head on to our number one spot here because wow we just breezed through that but I love the fact and I don't know if this was a conscious thing or I'm overthinking it either way the way that she says I'm with you win or lose towards the end of the song to me is a little nod back to her debut album Let Go where she has the track I'm with you it's one of my favorite Avril Lavigne songs of all time and I just love hearing that 20 years later I don't know if that was meant to be a nod towards that song and, you know, the the meaning that that song holds. But regardless if it was meant to be or not, it's something that I picked up on and I love it. And I just wanted to shout that out. Nice. That's a that's a nice little potential Easter egg right there. I love that. I love when artists do that. Me too, Eric. Me too. Okay, so the moment that we have all been waiting for, what was your number one what took your number one spot on this record love sucks so my number one spot goes to break of a heartache love it i just love the way that this ends the album and also it's i if i'm not mistaken it's the only song on the album where avril actually plays guitar because the rest is handled by john and the other guitar players they have in the studio oh i didn't know that yeah as far as i know she only plays uh, guitar on this song everything else handled by john feldman and i think other guitar players that makes it even sweeter exactly so i, I love the way that this song uh closes out the album because it's you know it's genuinely her it's it's got her written all over it the riffs the vocals the lyrics and i just love that i i know that it has all the trappings of like that john feldman production I, that's why it takes my number one spot because it's just the perfect ending to such an awesome thrill ride. I agree, Eric. And it just makes you even more hopeful for what is to come from Avril in the future. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is one of those songs that I know for a fact that when they play it live, you're going to have a bunch of people jumping around and singing. And I can already see it. So now that I've given you my number one spot, what takes yours? I'm even more curious now. Okay, Eric. So coming all the way at number one, the song that initially stole my heart and remains my number one is Bite Me. Nice. That's a good one. That's a very good one. Obviously, that one made my honorable mentions, but I 
really think very highly of it. Why, why did it make your number one? It made my number one because this was the first single from Avril for this era. And this is what generated all of the noise, all of the discussion, everybody getting super excited. This is why this album made my most anticipated list. It all stemmed from the song Bite Me. What a song. I love everything about it. Lyrically, sonically, this song rips from beginning to end. I love, as I mentioned earlier, Avril's bratty kind of side. I just like that. I like the aggression. You know, mm-hmm. I like the sass. Mm-hmm. I like that she's putting her foot down. And, you know, this song it has a lot to do about self-worth, which I really stand behind. And mm-hmm. I just love the the sentiment of the song and not only do i support the lyrics but wow this song sonically just it's one of the best pop punk songs that has been released in recent times and that's coming from an avid fan of the genre and i can wholeheartedly say that this is the song that got everybody excited for what was to come for love sucks including myself and not only it was the lead single and rightfully so i completely understand why it was chosen but it still holds up throughout the entire record as a standout track so bite me i mean what a song man what a song I cannot wait to hear this one live yeah seriously and it's just such a definitive statement i mean in terms of who she is and in terms of like you said realizing her self-worth and i feel that this song is probably the song that contextualizes avril for the new generations all right guys so there you have it those were our top five favorites off of love sucks but more importantly or should i say most importantly we want to know how you feel about avril lavigne's seventh studio album her latest effort love sucks we want to know it all you guys what were your favorites what was your least favorite did it meet your expectations did you have any expectations going into it we want to know it all make sure you head over to www musicmattersmedia.com and let us know over there and don't forget to follow us on social media we are on twitter tumblr instagram facebook tiktok youtube i feel like i could go on and on with whatever social media is going to come out we'll probably and most likely be on it make sure to give us a follow on all the socials at music matters media and we'll see you in the next one